0: 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3CR.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Lots of ways to listen to 3CR, including this program, Out of the Pan, which airs noon till 1 Australian Eastern Standard Time every Sunday. For the first broadcast, you could be listening on podcast or repeat or on demand. Thanks for your company. 3CR very proudly broadcasts from the lands for the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we pay respects to elders past present and emerging, always was, always is, always will be Aboriginal land. Thanks to the crew from Out of the Blue, Diving Deep for the Marine News, as they do every Sunday from 11.30 till noon, catch their show live or also on podcast or on demand. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show, and I'll introduce a guest in a second who you might have for whom you may have lots of questions. Um, you can look for the post on my page on Facebook, or look for the post on Out of the Pan, 3CR 855 AM Melbourne, you can email out of the pan digits855 at gmail.com or you can SMS six one four five six seven five one two one five. Either way, happy to have your communication. And we opened up today with Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton with a bit of a well sort of country laid back lounge classic um for sure. And um Islands in the stream and well um a bit of a well, someone if someone laughs at themselves, that's okay, and Dolly Parton has been noted to laugh at a part of her body, and in that sense, it seemed like a sort of um, de-uncaffeinated segue to introduce my guest, from, who is the CEO of Breast Screen Victoria, Bricky, Vicky Pridmore. Vicky, welcome to 3CR. Hi there, Sally. And as we do um, on this show, may I clarify which pronouns you use, if any?
1: She, her
0: that 's pretty good pronouns to use they 're all equally as good, including none at all. Well, press Green Victoria has had an exciting development in the last month or so you 've um, well you 've ticked off on the rainbow tick, which is an important indicator of inclusive practice for people and i 'll use the shorthand the rainbow communities, and um, I suppose the place to start is where did you get a bit of a an aha or light bulb moment, it's like, oh, maybe we need to be making sure that our service covers more, and I'll use the precise term, than cisgender women. Was there anything in particular that happened where you went, hmm?
1: Um, I think while I've been in the seat as CEO, we have been very focused on all areas of our um, potential screening communities that are underscreened um, and the um, LGBTIA. Plus community is clearly one of those. And so yep. for Rainbow Tick is like, um, you know, it's a nice clear spot in the efforts that we put in. But mm. West Green's been focused for um, 11 years or so. You know, slowly but surely going out, consulting with community, um, you know, developing advisory groups. You were part of our advisory group. Yep. Um, who, you know, where we... We actually went into community and asked them for advice because we're learning, yep. basically. Um, and the LGBTIA communities are underscreened. Um, and in fact, the research around those communities and any risks associated with um, breast cancer are almost negligible. Partly that's because the group, um, the communities are underscreened. It's because there hasn't, because they're under-screen and they're not identified. Then there's no research. So you actually, you know, it's that chicken and the vicious bit. cycle, sort vicious of thing. Cycle. Yeah. Um So I'd have to say we have been slowly but surely making inroads into understanding more what are the barriers for mm. LGBTIA communities to turn up to our screening clinics. Um, and as soon as we heard that. became aware of the rainbow tick accreditation process we went right this is a way where we can assess what we do um against an evidence base um and understand very clearly what are the actions we could start to take which would address some of those barriers
0: yep and i should add actually that's a happy segue i should just make to disclose any interest um bisexual alliance victoria and transgender victoria were part of the advice and um, whether myself or other people, um, Transgender Victoria also did some training with Breast Screen Victoria staff. But that actually leads neatly into sort of what you were just saying um, coincides quite well because, you know, when you get to a point that you suddenly go, oh, we, now, we didn't know that we didn't know and now we know that we don't know, um, you then are at that point of saying, well, how do you get from where you know that you don't know to being at a point where you can start knowing more that you know, so to speak? <laughs> Oh, God, I've only had half a coffee. How did I manage that? <laughs> <That's right.
1: laughs> um, well, I think for us, the... I mean, we knew we didn't know because... And we also knew we're a very evidence-based organisation. All population health screening programmes are based on evidence. Yeah. And they're based on World Health Organisation rules, if you like, or principles about mm. when there is a value in creating a population-based programme. So... Inside the coordination unit, which is like, which is our head office, we knew we didn't have um, any reasonable evidence around how poorly we were doing um, and where the communities were across mm-hmm. Victoria for us. Um, and so that, for me, then, is a, okay, let's get on to this. How do we actually start to speak to the communities and understand what we can do? And as soon as um, the Rainbow Tick process came along, we went, right, here is a very structured process It's not the entire answer, but it's a very structured process where we can go in and go, right, look at your policies. Look at what the, the clinics look like when you walk in the door. Look at the information that you have. Look at the images that you use. So pretty basic stuff for, not just for the LGBTIA communities, but for others as well. If you can't see yourself in any of the documentation on the websites, whatever, that's... Initially, a bit of a oh, I'm not sure that this is right for me or that they would understand me or understand my anxieties or whatever. So that process has been um, I mean quite a difficult process. It took us 18 months or two years just to assess our practice and then yeah. to, and then to put ourselves forward where we thought we were ready for the tick, we got the tick, that's fabulous. But that's just for the coordination unit. So now what we want to do, we have 40-odd fixed clinics across Victoria. Yep. And we have two mobile vans that visit another 30 mobile sites. We want to systematically work through those clinics and get the tick for each of those clinics. Right. So we've just... I haven't caught up on Friday. I wasn't in the office. But we were recruiting to a brand-new position, which the board have said, yep, go for this, um, which is a diversity manager. Ah, And so the first cab off rank for in the sort of what we would like to see happen is to start to push out rainbow tick accreditation into at least two clinics, probably a metro and a maybe two metro, but a metro and another who put their hand up and say they're interested so that we can get the tick there. So slowly, but surely people are looking from the outside can go, this is not a flash in the pan. Yeah, this is something that the organisation is absolutely committed to and we can see that they are exposing their practice, if you like, to an external body going, "Mm, you haven't got this right, or yes, you have, or you need to do a little bit more.
0: Yep. No, look, you've hit on lots of things there. And one of the things that... um, there's now some evidence on from elsewhere, is that LGBTI people, when they see, and I always say this in inverted commas, a mainstreamish sort of service, a generalist service, call it what you will, mm-hmm. that is trying, they're willing to give it a shot because they know there's a foundation underneath. If something doesn't quite go right, they can raise the issue and they'll be able to come, you know, sort of then come along and get it remedied, not only for their own benefit, but for oh. broader systemic yeah. change. But you said that there were, I think the word you used was difficulties. If you're okay, you know, what are the things that came up? And the reason I ask is because by sharing that, other health practice, you know, services might say, well, here's some, something transferable, that sort of thing. Were there anything that, anything that stood out?
1: Oh, well, you know, starting with very basics in an organisation. So essentially, Breast Green is a, you know, a state government and federally government Funded organisation. So it's very public sector, if you like, in that sense. Mm -hmm. So everything is prescribed in policies and regulations. And we, I mean, inside Breast we've been very fortunate we've been able to write many of those ourselves. But when we went back and had a look at them, you asked me which pronouns do you go by?
0: Yeah.
1: So. We had the word women everywhere, mm. and, that, and that's entirely legitimate yep. because that's where federal government's head has come from. This was initially a program for um, yep. women, and it's still a program predominantly for women who identify as cis women, if you like. Yep. Um, and so, But we had to stop and think, is that always necessary? Mm. So if we took out the word women out of some of the more public Mm -hmm. documentation, does that make a cis woman feel less invited? No. Yeah. Does it, in fact, open up opportunity for members of the LGBTIA um, groups? Yes. So, and very simple. I mean, they are simple starting points, but the value in looking at those sort of things is that there's a conversation. Yes. So, you know, there's a conversation between me and um, the people who we're talking to who say that would make a difference to me. There's a conversation for me then when I go to the board and I'm presenting to a fabulous board we have of a dozen people, including me, and I'm talking about where we're going and the sorts of steps we're making and why. And they basically, they don't sit around and put thumbs up, but essentially they're going, that makes absolute sense. When you're wanting to open up the service to underscreen communities, you make those changes. But I know I'm talking right now. But that's okay. When I the value also in that discussion is that it raises for people who are employed by WIScreen how they feel about what's going on. So you know, people go, "Oh, of course we're open, and um, mm. we, everybody can walk through the door." and but their language and their style of relating is based on a whole lot of, naturally, yep. based on a whole lot of assumptions and the way they were brought up and the sort of um, shortcut rules they have going on in their lives but yep. how they interact socially. And so that whole process allowed us then to think, okay, let's go back to basics and let's just put that mirror up for staff so that they can go, I've never thought about that, you know. Yeah. I've never thought about that perhaps that question making somebody feel uncomfortable because it relates to my life mm. um, and that it might stop them walking through the door again or it might make them turn around and walk out of the door. Mm. So those opportunities for growth are just, you know, they're amazing. They're yeah. absolutely amazing. And we've fed that through into, you know, the next thing after policies was to look at training. Yeah. So online for staff um, and we've um, made that available for the board.
0: Yep. So yeah. Yeah. No. Look, what what you've touched on comes down in terms of don't know that you don't know is that classic unconscious bias, yeah. you know, which there is. You know, there's lots of it in society, and well, you know, my, my focus being gender and sexuality, where you know that's where I would come in. Of course, there's lots of it elsewhere, mm. and so you know there are things, and I mean, I imagine that if someone with a, a deeper voice, either a trans woman or maybe a Trans man or anyone, you know, rang up and said, yes, I need to ring up for a breast screen. There's sort of this huh sort of thing. That could be one. So it's about, you know, being aware of that, but forms and all sorts of things. And now one that comes to mind, and I make this really, really clear, it's a straw case. It's just one of those unconscious biases. I... I'm a huge fan of Jo Hall, who doesn't, you <laughs> know, reading on Channel 9, but she's yeah. the voice of the ad for Breast Screen Victoria, and I can almost hear her in my head saying, it only takes 10 minutes and it's done by a woman. Well, yeah. if you're a trans man, you know, is that necessarily what you might like? You might, I don't know. You know, some people might not care. But, you know, there's all those sorts of things that go in there that we just haven't think about, thought about because we see breasts as predominantly with, to use our language here, cisgender women. Mm. And, you know, we now have to consider that, you know, and here's something I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Do we have a lot of evidence, really, technically, than anyone with any body at, at birth of whatever form and whatever it is now and any gender identity? Do we have more evidence? I'll start with, say, cisgender men. Are they more or less susceptible to breast cancer than, say, cisgender women, keeping it in very simple terms to less. start with, less.
1: Far less, but the proviso I'd make is anybody who has, you know, like a BRCA1 or BRCA2 mutation, gene mutation, yep. um, in their family, and they will know if uh-huh. there will be incidents of breast and or ovarian cancer, um, irrespective of when they're male or female, their risk for breast cancer is far greater.
0: Aha. Mm -hmm. So whether they're, whatever their body is at birth, whether it be assigned male, assigned female, or um, not, I'm not, I have to be honest and say we've probably got even less um, um, research on people with intersex variations Mm -hmm. and um, breast cancer, though it may be a factor, it may not, we don't know. But um, of course, any person of any gender identity or expression um, needs to get it checked. The thing that for someone like myself, I'm the sort of person who has to take a deep breath when I go and get my annual blood sample to make sure my <laughs> hormones are working. In other words, yeah. I'm a bit anxious about, about going, t- going to a health professional. Yes. So perhaps let's try to work through for a person, let's say with a little bit more focus on someone from rainbow communities, what's mm-hmm. the sort of thing that happens? Let's We'll try to do okay. a live role play, people how of all genders. It. Okay, this is how it
1: works. So um, if you would like to make... A, an appointment, yep. with breast screen. So first off, I'd say go online, have a look. We've got lots of information. Breastcancer.org.au. Yep. And there is specific information around um, LGBTIA communities. There's a little bit of information there around rainbow tick, but it gives you some background. Um, and just to be clear, the other we've taken um, our lead from some fabulous work that was done out of Canada. Uh Um, So there's some great websites here, and I think we've actually got links from ours over to the Canadian website as well. But if if you're interested, you would probably go onto that site um, and you would have a look at, am I eligible? Yep. And so we were, at the minute, we're targeting trans men and trans women specifically in terms of the information that we have up there. Um, although there's information across the broader community. Yeah. And we would say um, if you're a trans woman um, and you've been on um, um, hormone replacement yep. therapy...
0: Vitamin TGD, as we call it generally. Okay,
1: vitamin TGD. Well, I call it that. <laughs> <laughs> um, For five years or more. Yeah. So we'd say, okay, it's probably a good idea to, um, you know, you're eligible to come along and have a breast screen. Right. Um, if you're a trans man and you've not had top surgery, you're eligible to come along for this. Right. And just remember that earlier proviso I made, if you've got um, a, a genetic mutation or family history of um, more breast cancer that raises your risk, then you need to be having a chat with your whoever your um, health practitioner is. But okay, so you've got this far. Yep. Oh, And the other proviso I'd make is that um, um, trans women, trans men who've had a double mastectomy, yep, um, are not eligible. In the same way that a cis woman who'd had a double mastectomy is not eligible, because right. you need the breast tissue, right, to undergo the process. So you would, you could go online, um, and try and register that way. And if um, you are unknown to us already, then. Um, you would be able. The contact centre would give you a call. So we have a, a call centre, a contact centre, in at Breast um, Screen in Carlton. Yep. And you would call up there on thirteen twenty fifty, or they would give you a call if you've gone onto the website and you haven't been able to complete the form. They'll ask you a whole lot of information. They yep. will not ask your. Um, sexual gender orientation yeah. in any way, shape or form. What they do ask you, which has come up before when I'm talking mm. to various people in the community, is about HRT. And so I was meeting with a group of women, I can't remember whether you were part of that, well, I was meeting with a group of women over at Rose Clinic one night. Ah, yeah, were I was you there?
0: there. Yes.
1: And the question came up, well, why do you ask about um, HRT? Um, and, why, and I said, this is not a question that we ask, we ask of this, of this, your communities? This is a question we ask of everybody. And we do because um, cis women who are on HRT, it makes their breasts more dense. Ah. And dense means that when you look into the x ray, it's whiter. Uh-huh. So it's less easy to actually identify potential cancers. That's why we ask that question. Um, and so the same issues would come up there. The evidence around whether the breast tissue of how it presents on X-ray, um, the the breast tissue of somebody who's been on HRT, trans woman who's been on HRT for five years, is identical to a, a cis woman. Gotcha. Is, is um, it's not identical tissue, so we're unclear whether um, that's the exact the right point
0: uh-huh. for
1: um, for risk, but that's the point that Canada is used and that policy is rolled out quite well and so we think for the minute until there's sufficient evidence for the community to be able to understand more clearly where, do their risks, where are their risks, then in fact that's the point we're going to use. So, contact centre, yep. they call you, they'll go through with you and say where do you live, where do you work, where would you like to go, you know if you've been to a clinic before that will be on your file. Um, let's make a time. So most of our appointments are during business hours. In the contracts we have with our providers of those services, I think we ask them to, to allocate 10% of appointments outside of business hours. Yep. They can be before, after, during the working week, or sometimes on a Saturday morning. You make an appointment, you turn up. I, you mentioned before that Joe Hall saying all our appointments are free, they're with a woman. They are all with a woman. So every single radiographer that we employ um, throughout Australia is a woman, right? Um, so it would always be a woman who's taking your images. You would so um, receptionists would take your information. You would have filled in the regi- registration forms, and those forms you know ask for all the stuff that you'd expect. They ask about HRT. They ask about family history because they're trying to identify whether you have a greater risk mm-hmm. or not. So if you've got you know mum, sisters, cousins, whatever, yep. fathers who've had breast cancer you would eventually be called into for the um, breast screen, which is an X-ray. Right. So it's a series of, we call them mammograms, but they are a series of four X-rays. If you routinely attend breast screen with an average level of risk, you would come every two years and they would take exactly the same set of four X-rays every single two years. Right. So that your file would build up a picture or a series of pictures of whether anything's changed gotcha. in your breasts. Yep. So they do two where they squash you sideways and two where they squash you top to bottom. Okay. Um, and so you leave. That's all fine. Off you go within sort of three to six weeks at max. Those four images will have been read. What that means is a radiologist, mm-hmm. so a doctor, radiologist, will have looked at the images and said, all clear, all clear there's something there that I would like to have a further look at. Right. Basically, you will get a letter saying all clear um, or you may be called back to assessment. If you've been called back back to assessment, we have eight reading and assessment services around Victoria. Most of the time, as well as getting a letter, you'll get a phone call for somebody to say you've been called back.
0: Okay. There's a couple of um, points still to cover. And um, one is, you know, we've touched on cisgender men and cisgender women and trans men and trans women, but, you know, we've got an increasing and a hugely increasing number of people identifying, regardless of how they were assigned at birth or whatever their body was, as other than male or female, gender diverse, Mm non-binary. So how does that work out for people? Because, you know, they've still got, um, you know, there's still going to be things going on there.
1: If they have breast tissue. Then they
0: should look at the website. Right. Okay. Which covers about, oh, if it was the whole world, seven, about 7 billion people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we haven't got the capacity of yeah. 7
0: billion? Well, 5 million Victorians <laughs> or 25 million Australians or something.
1: I, inside our, um, I didn't mention earlier on, but our, our target group is, is um, 50 to 74 age group. And from 40, you're eligible and above 74. But we actually target... Right. ...in that 50 to 74 age group. So that's your starting point. If you've got breast tissue and, and or you're trans man, but you still have breast tissue, um, and you're inside that age group, yep. think about it. Give it good consideration. All
0: right. So one of the, the things that we do look for, um, just about got it sorted, but is form. So if someone does... Um, identify as non-binary, do, do you record pronouns or that, or how, how so you, so there is an accurate greeting on reception or on the phone, just uh, so people are sure, how does that work? We,
1: the training talks about asking people how they would like to be addressed, so, cool. and I can't sit here and say hand on heart that everybody's going to do that first time around, but that's the intent, is that we will yeah. ask about how people would like to be addressed. We had this interesting um, discussion with, our contact centre staff. So there's, you know, a group of, and they're all women, a group of women who are sitting in the contact centre a variety of ages, but they're saying, well, because we never ask around, you know, if you ring up to make an appointment, irrespective of your example, earlier on yeah. with a deep voice, you will get an appointment. But they're interested in what to do, and we don't have anywhere on the form to necessarily, um, you know, ask that question. But if somebody volunteers to you and says, well, I'm a trans woman then what how what we've arrived at is that you then ask the person would you like me to record that yeah that it's back in their control absolutely um and then it's available then for people to um and sometimes to prompt their thinking to ask about pronouns but we it was quite a long and and you know interesting conversation because people were saying, but if that is valuable information for understanding about the service that should be provided, I said, um, it wasn't me, it was somebody else, but the thinking is the service is exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly the same. But if somebody would like you to know that, and that may well be useful later on for understanding about um, medication, um, hormones, those sorts of things, particularly if a person has been called back, the rule now is that you ask, would you, How would you, would you like me to record that? and
0: yep. then it's recorded on the form. Yep. So that's just the last thing, and you mentioned bureaucracy, um, yep. the challenges of the world, um, bless them. Mm. But I imagine in all seriousness that a lot of bureaucracy you might have, again, straw case, Department of Health and Human Services, and then there's funding for women's stuff, funding for men's. Have you had any challenges in that that you've had to overcome, saying, look, people need this? you, no. you might No.
1: no. I'd have to say the Victorian government... Um, is way out there. So they're very, very clear about diversity. Uh Um, They may get it right, they may get it wrong. I'm not here to sort of um, um, promote, you know, their actions entirely. But their policy is absolutely clear around diversity. And there has been, you know, all that we've had is a very positive recognition and accolades for making inroads into... And if... um, I'm trying to think which other... There's a number of services who aren't, like health services, who are interested in investigating um, Rainbow Tick invest, uh, Accreditation. So it's, it's, um, it has not been an issue from my perspective, not from the board, um, not from... I mean, there's, there's a conversations that go on that you would expect, but essentially um, working into your communities and being able to provide a good service for underscreened members of the community who will benefit probably, we'll say in this instance, until the evidence comes in, who will benefit from this service, never any question.
0: Yep. Cool. All right. Well, I've probably kept you a bit a bit over okay. time, but um, let's just um, go through it again. So um, breastscreen.org.au yes. is the website for Breast Screen Victoria. And there I can see um, log in, book an appointment, all sorts of things, which is, well, imagine how it all gets started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, if people have feedback, um, what's perhaps the best way to oh, get that through?
1: We're on, well, you can actually do it direct via if you're on the breast um, BreastScreen website. You can yep. make a comment back from there. We're on Instagram. We're yes. on Facebook. Um, so if you find us anywhere, we constantly take commentary and engage in conversations Um, And you can do it directly. We also, on an annual basis, we online um, sampled. This year it was, I think we got 100,000 women. Um, And, in fact, I shouldn't say it was predominantly women, but we also had sufficient people who responded in the LGBTIA community and the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Uh community to not have to go out and do additional... um, computer, like, telephone calls, so sufficient people responded for the first time ever. We've been doing this for seven years for us to be able to say, here's some feedback on all aspects of our screening service. So we will continue to do that, Um, and I'm assuming that as we get better at what we do and people um, are more exposed and trusting and then say this is a reasonable service, that we will get more and more responses to our consumer survey and we will build the evidence and understand what
0: can we do better. Cool. And on Twitter, you're at breast at breastscreenvic with a capital B, capital S, and capital V. Right, I'm not
1: on that's
0: what I'm <laughs> um Well, I'm tra- I'm pretending I'm all 2010. Yeah. Cool, and um, not yeah. pr- probably not succeeding. Yeah. But um, you know, the, the thing is there that you you just want to keep learning, and really, that's all we can ever ask. And I've got to say, I um, there's news of a survey into cancer in um, trans people more broadly um there's some research that should be released about september that i had a sneak peek of during the week which is very is very it helpful it's good
1: Where's that come
0: out of? um it's from Viola Trobe, and um hopefully we'll have lucille i'll just say on the show um sort of late august early september and um it's been a pretty good response over 500 respondents and compare that to the trans mental health research for 18 pluses which had australia-wide 900 the fact that what might be called a, uh, in, again, very big inverted commas niche issue that of cancer and trans people, people are wanting to contribute to make sure mm-hmm. that they get the inclusive service mm-hmm. and then the ripples spread. So it is really good to see this happening because, you know, everyone has the right to a healthy body and inclusive service. Absolutely. Vicky, I will leave you to your Sunday afternoon. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing. Once again, um, we will run through um, the website at breastscreen.org.au, uh, on Twitter at at breastscreenvic with capital B, S and V. Um, Vicky Predmore, CEO of BreastScreen Victoria, thanks so much for your time on Out of the Pan. Thank you. All right, let's um, have a little bit of music and let's see if the CD player will wake up because it's gone to sleep, which is a very naughty and rude CD player. You shouldn't have done that. And it's a healthy sort of song. Here's the Doobie Brothers and The Doctor. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Out of the Pan with Sally.
1: Songs for 3CR on August 3rd brings solos, duos, trios and five choirs to raise funds for Music sans Frontière, The Oratory, Abbotsford Convent, 7.30pm, Saturday, August 3rd. Tickets at the door or go to www.boite.com.au. The Boite is a 3CR supporter.
2: I spent three and a half years living on the street and I know what it's like to have no hope and not to feel a part of the society and I think that's where a lot of these people are. But I think we need to help people who are traumatized and help people get back on their feet and give them hope and help them um, feel like they're a part of the society again instead of just moving them on like they're an inconvenience.
0: If it were not for ruminations, how would the views of those of us who have been homeless or are homeless, how would these views ever be aired? How would they ever be expressed? Subscribe to the
1: station that gives airtime to people with a lived experience of homelessness. Support 3CR.
0: 3CR, 8.55am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting, noon till one, every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Not only are there lots of ways to listen to 3CR, there's lots of ways to connect with us on social media. One day I'll get around to doing Instagram, um, at 3CR Melbourne, all letters in lowercase, digit three, Facebook, 3CR Melbourne, Twitter at um, digit three letters CR in uppercase. Um, so lots of ways to do that. Other three CR related things out of the pan is still short of its rainbow radiothon target, rainbow radiothon. Why not? Um, but if you, so if you do have, um, any money to spare donations of $2 or more are tax deductible, get in early and get a, a tax deduction at Mr. Frydenberg's expense for, um, well, next financial year. Um, but, um, uh, yes, make sure that um, you hop onto 3CR at then um, go to the donate section at 3cr.org.au. And also playing the ruminations track on the back page of the Sunday Age, there's a long article about homelessness and you know, and where that's at and how when we walk through um, central business district areas in Melbourne, there's lots of people who are homeless, and I have to say as a lifelong Melburnian, it is, I don't go into the CBD a lot nowadays, but when I do, it is noticeable, and it is a sign of the times, and I mean, even coming down Smith Street here today, seeing lots of vacant shops, I think that it's all very well to talk about tax cuts, but, you know, are we doing enough for the people who are really struggling? And of course, relevance to LGBTI people is so is overwhelmingly, you know i you know i'd say 90 to 95% of housing and homeless services are very binary in their gender some may have got on to recognizing um trans women as women and of course lots to be done there and lots of people are doing good work um great to see Vincent Care open their um you know sort of a facility that had spaces that were regardless of gender which was much needed um, and other people do good work, um, home ground to give um, one person name, but it's still few and far between. And, you know, if you identify as non-binary or perhaps even if you identify as male or female, but your gen- outward gender expression is, you know, sort of perhaps in inverted commas, I'll say inconsistent with society's expectations of gender expression and inverted commas, still a big challenge. But of course, lots of people can face multiple issues. Um, you know, people which was touched on at the end of our interview with Vicky, um, in terms of cancer, um, you know, people who are Indigenous, multicultural background, English is a second language, many others, and through no fault, of course, of their own. So we do need services that are inclusive. Well, by one of those unfortunate coincidences of the universe, when I had planned um, to talk about um, breast cancer this week, I've got some Sad news um, about cancer generally in that someone who's been a huge community contributor, um, a trans woman, but also has done lots of stuff, sadly passed away very suddenly, although had been um, taken recently. Um, I will give mention of um, death, illness, grief and loss um, by cancer. And that's Fran Munro, who was a a very solid, quiet contributor to um, Zoe Bell Gender Collective as it now is formerly Zoe Bell Gender Centre in its early days in the late 2000s um, and yeah um, incredibly sad loss um, she had um, been afflicted in recent times with a um, quote a sudden and aggressive form of cancer that came out of nowhere and whilst we knew she was deteriorating passed away suddenly um, late Friday, early Saturday and i am got to say, I'm, I'm struggling with this suddenness is, you know, always a difficult thing when someone leaves us. But, um, you know, she was just, you know, someone who could, you know, keep the positive going really well, not without denying pain in any way. And I don't mean physical pain, mental pain. But she did have, you know, one of those good warped sense of humours, which you need um, on every... um. Um, You know, sort of committee or working group that you're on, you need someone to do that as much as you need governance skills and maybe legal knowledge and diversity knowledge. And her two favourite responses to things um, one, which I'd forgotten about a bit, she always used to put in inverted commas doe eyes, pretending to be innocent when she said something silly. Um, Someone has also commented on how one of the more recent alphabet soup meetings. She made um, some sort of structure out of food scraps. That's Fran. Um, but the one I always remember, and I never never knew why, not that it really matters, but if anything she did ever explain it, I'd like, one day I'll find out why. She always used to say at the end of every mails or a conversation, moo, rather than goodbye. So for once, I have a legitimate excuse to play some country in Western, um, and I happily um, remembered this one from... Katie Lang, uh, music from the motion picture soundtrack, even cowgirls get the blues. Well, Fran didn't, but she had a lot of cowgirl pride. Thank you, Fran. Rest in peace. Give Zoe Bell a hug for me, and, well, we'll catch you down the road. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally.
2: pop music from around town. It's your chance to tune in, so come on, come in. Live on Thursdays, 3pm, 3CR, 8.55am.
0: Most LGBTIQ people experience positive, intimate and family relationships. However, like cisgendered heterosexual people, some LGBTIQ people experience abuse and violence in their relationships. With Respect is a new family violence service for LGBTIQ plus Victorians, providing counselling and recovery programs for victims and survivors of family violence and help for people using violence who want to stop. With Respect is a partnership between Queer. Base, Thorn Harbour Health, Switchboard Victoria and Transgender Victoria. For more information, visit withrespect.org.au or call one eight hundred five four two eight four seven. 542 847 With Respect is not a crisis service. If you need immediate help, call 000. A 3CR supporter. Indeed declaring an interest in that once again and um, note that there'll be a launch of the outcome of a project that's sort of in the ballpark next door, declaring an interest um, because Transgender Victoria is involved. The We Deserve project will be having the Theatre of the Deserving event on Friday the 16th, 6 till 8pm at Library at the Dock over in Docklands. And you can um, rock along to that if you're a community member uh, and um, see the um, resulting films about respectful relationships for a whole range of trans and gender diverse people, very excitable. I've got to say, in the words of, um, um, in the words of um, Daffy Duck, there'll be a, a sneak. Um, what is it? There'll be a sneak preview, and the sneaks aren't going to like it. Seriously, I've had a, a sneak preview of some of the work, and it's amazing. Um, so, it'll be a welcome boost to um, inclusive relationships. Um, what else? Things what are coming up? Well. Um, My discussion group um, is on this Tuesday in at Carlton, 7.15 for 7.30, in at um, 100 Drummond Street. Um, Tap gently on the front door um, and we'll be in the front room. Um, Ben TV, Friday night. Uh, next Saturday, the um, in the morning at Carlton, the anxiety group um, for tra- um, uh, sorry, I should just call it the dis- anxiety discussion group for trans and gender diverse people, and then for family cisgender allies, family of all sorts, um, a separate event in the afternoon, trans family um, um Saturday afternoon, the twenty seventh, and next Sunday. Um, Well, Sunday week that is, so just over a week from the first uh, mention on this live broadcast. um, The Polyvic Social on Sunday evening and the Shed for Trans Men. Um, Lots going on in our community. Well, the big issue at the moment, and again, time is um, packed out, but I think I'm going to give a full run of this on the show next week, um, is the issue of the possible as yet unseen Religious Discrimination Act at a national level. And it seems there's all sorts of shenanigans going on. I personally um, you know, wonder why it is needed. We have lots of state laws. It was interesting that a prominent um, gay politician was on um, another radio station yesterday saying, well, what happens if a Muslim person is um, denied housing or accommodation because of their faith? Well, there is state law, prominent politician. I should have got that right, I think. Hmm. So I think there's a bit of misinformation about from a range of sources or inaccurate information as well. But I've got to say that, you know, if the majority um you no know, um religion in this country or the largest um we'll say nominal faith is Christianity. And if you believed some fundamentalist Christians, You would think that, you know, it's Stalinist Russia and the churches are being closed down and priests who try to stand up are being dobbed into the NKVD or something, and it's not happening. But it makes me wonder, therefore, why we in the LGBTI community are, you know, sort of taking this stance. We should be arguing for less religious exemptions rather than effectively more, and it is a bit of a worry. And it's a struggle of conscious people say, well, you know, what happens if you're an LGBTI person of faith? You could cop discrimination both ways. Well, as I say, there are some existing protections, but you're far more likely, um, Let's, from everything I have heard, let's say you are someone of Islamic faith and part of LGBTIQA plus communities, you're more likely to cop discrimination from your religious community for being LGBTIQA, not to say that there isn't lateral hostility in our communities, we all know about that, than you are to get Islamophobia from um, rainbow communities, increasingly the grassroots, far from perfect, and as I say, not my experience directly, but the evidence suggests which one it is. Um, Unfortunately, at times, because LGBTIQ people have experienced either directly or indirectly Um, homo, bi, trans, intersex phobia and other forms of queer-related prejudice. Um, You know, there can be some anger towards innocent people of faith, good people of faith. Well, that's not on, but um, it's still no reason to um, really have this law. I'm going to have a good look at this, as I say, I think in the next week or two because it is the issue of the moment. So thanks to Roving Reporter for bringing that up. But there's, um, you know, debates within our community um, about this particular point, um, roving has um, yeah popped a few um, in um, you know a few th- thoughts in over the last couple of weeks, late last week and early this week um, who 's driving it well you know clearly it 's the fundamentalists, and there 's a very interesting article in Fairfax media yesterday on someone who experienced what happened at the Family faith centre of Israel for Lau and father, and you know, there's the, the words that are being thrown around. At least reasonably in response to that article are cult. So why are we responding to cults? You know, um, very very interesting debate, and I think we need. I don't want to just give the whole topic five minutes. I think it needs a lot of times. And Roving has SMS in condolences to your colleague. Um, it's always the quiet achievers who make the biggest change in our lives. Yep, I, I'd i agree with that. There's a lot of self-promoters in all walks of life and they are problems. So yep, might start um, gathering some thoughts for this, you know, well, you know, sort of complex. It is, I'll be fair and say it's a complex um, debate. It's not, certainly not all or nothing on the debate of religious freedom and what sort of protection needs to be offered. Anyway, better get out of here and make way for Freedom of Species talking all things animale. I um, well had to say I noticed lots of animales in a, a little bit of a breakdown at Torquay during the week. Lots of dogs on the beach, no pe- no penguins or seals. Um, and so I thought I'd have a little track, the first ever track. If you went to first album side one track one as it used to be in the '70s from Dire Straits' eponymous, i.e. self-titled album. Let's go down to the waterline one. We'll dedicate that one to Out of the Blue as well. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. Thanks again to our guest, Vicky Pridmore, CEO of Breast Screen Victoria. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch ya next week.
2: stuff.